Improving health literacy, the ability to understand and act on health information, is key to improving health outcomes and lowering costs. Welcome to the Health Literacy 2.0 podcast, the podcast series from EdLogix where we talk with business, HR, health, and community leaders and explore unique, data-driven, and effective behavior-changing solutions that can help improve people's health literacy and increase their engagement with health and wellness programs. For show notes and bonus resources, visit www.edlogix.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast on Health Literacy 2.0 and Workforce Health and Wellbeing. I'm Seth Serksner, Chief Health Officer at EdLogix, and I am so happy to be doing this podcast with my longtime friend and colleague, Karen Mosley, who is president and CEO of Hero, an organization that I also feel near and dear to and have been part of for many, many years since the inception. So Karen, we've known each other a long time. I'm so happy to have been able to catch up with you a little bit before this podcast, but tell everyone a little bit about your background and how you've come to this role at Hero and what's involved in that. Thanks, Seth. Thanks for the invitation. You know, I realized before coming into this podcast today that I've never been in your hot seat. You've been, you know, the moderator for so many Hero forums and had multiple employers coming and going in that, but I've never been in your hot seat except for once when you were the board chair of Hero and you were interviewing me for the job. So yes, that hot seat. I'm hoping that this one is a little less sweat inducing than maybe that last time. So yeah, I have been in the nonprofit field, the nonprofit work for my whole career. And every organization I've worked with has had some touch of health. In fact, the first time I heard the word well-being, I was working with an organization that was called the Center for Professional Well-Being. And it was there to help mainly doctors and religious leaders in burnout and to help them out. And that was 30 years ago. Well-being has definitely come to mean more to me now. I'm sure we'll get into that. But in my path to hero sort of came from about 10 or 15 years ago when I was with a trade association focused on disease management. And I think that might have been where we met. I think that's where we met, Karen, now that we bring it up. Yeah. And through that work, you know, some collaborations on measures for employers. And I became familiar with hero and hero with me and then started to work a little more upstream and also working on the business case for employers to invest in the communities where they do business. So Hero is, you know, a 26 plus year old nonprofit research think tank dedicated to connecting science and practice for employee well-being and helping employers to see the value of an employer health and well-being ecosystem, all of the ways in which employers impact health, their employees directly, obviously, environment, community, customers. We help to demonstrate the value proposition, the best practices for employers to really make that happen with their workforce populations. Yeah. So I'm glad you're explaining that. And I hope people go deeper on the website for hero.org and we'll obviously make that available to people. But yes, the gist of it is that it's very evidence-based. It's very research-founded. And then it's really intended to help employers who want to make the investment, but need to make the argument that we all do that, you know, these are real dollars. And so 
I'm a business and where am I going to put my money? It's become quite broad. So tell me in all of this, because I've been involved in helping sort out research agendas and strategies. What are you guys focused on these days? What are employers focused on or your members? And then more broadly, what are you seeing in the industry that are kind of the big themes or the hot topics? So Seth, you helped with our most recent strategic plan, our three to five strategic plan, which we you know use as our North Star for both our research agenda and our learning agenda. And then, you know, you more directly with our research agenda. And our research agenda is really separated into four buckets, workplace performance, mental and emotional health, equity and sustainability. We do a lot of our research or some of our research is accomplished through HERO study committees. Right now, those committees are focused on people and culture, workforce, mental and emotional health. So those committees will often publish action briefs or identify definitions or frameworks where maybe they don't exist, and then will help to translate that through case studies, both written and video case studies have been really popular these days. We also have some grant-funded research right now, a grant through Ardmore Institute of Health on lifestyle as medicine and activating employers as agents of change for a lifestyle as medicine approach with their workforce. So both understanding how lifestyle medicine can be implemented with a workforce and also how to become advocates with their health plans, you know, for a reimbursement model that would include a lifestyle medicine approach. And we had Dexter on, Dr. Dexter Sherney, who's head of the Lifestyle Medicine Committee. And he was very articulate on this topic as well. So the whole ESG, diversity, equity, inclusion side, it's so interesting to me that this is now somehow a well-being theme. (laughs) Are you seeing that fading? Is that a real deal? Is that a greenwash? What's happening? How's that connect to well-being? I think we've probably heard all of that from our members. The ESG companies doing well by doing good. That's the theme of our Hero Forum in September in Salt Lake City. And there was a little sort of early, what are you thinking, pushback. And then we got to the review of the submissions for presentation. And I was absolutely blown away. You know, Hero always has a measures that matters track. I would dare say that this is the strongest measures track that I've seen at a Hero Forum in recent memory, talking about dashboards and how to really drill into the S of ESG and how well-being and DEI and SUH all really are core to that S of the ESG framework. And further to that, the Hero Scorecard and other scorecards and awards programs, see Everett Coop Health, Health Award the ACOEM High Achievement Index, those organizations that are scoring high on the scorecard or winning those awards, there have been studies that show portfolios of those companies outperform the S&P 500. So it is directly relating to stock price. And so that gets us even closer to the ESG movement just by talking about the stock price and those multiple studies by Ray Fabius. So- You also mentioned the key little catchphrase these days, ecosystem. So we're all talking about, I don't know, benefits, ecosystems, well-being in health and benefits, resources, ecosystems. 
tons of point solutions out there in the ecosystem. What's your take on, quote, ecosystems or how employers are dealing with it? Are they healthy ecosystems? I guess the health of the ecosystem depends on the ecosystem. But last week I was in D.C. for the Think360 Healthcare Innovation Congress, and they were talking. One part of an employer ecosystem is the vendors and carriers. They're partners in providing this whole approach for taking care of their populations. And there was sort of a challenge to employers to consider what your vendor strategies are. So challenging your vendors, for example, have health equity. Where does health equity have a place in your vendor strategy? So when you're going out to RFP, you know, considering that as one of the criteria. Employees are obviously a part of that ecosystem. And what I'm hearing is a power shift. You know, the social contract between employers and employees is a bit volatile right now and this power shift. And so ultimately, you know, needing to make sure that the employee voice is included in what you're actually doing and in the decisions that you're making, sort of nothing about me without me kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. mantra. We just did a think tank for our hero members about measures that matter to both employees and employers. So ecosystem, you know, is all of those pieces. And then we could add climate change in there. And then the system just continues to grow. So I think using the term ecosystem helps to push home and emphasize the importance for employers to understand how their influence in so many ways and the policies that they have in place and the decisions they're making, the strategies and the practices and programs for their employees are all the various impacts and the ways that they're measured. I sit on the National Academy's Action Collaborative, and just this week, they were facilitating a conversation about what is the new, is there a new, and if so, what is the new business and community case for economic impact? Like, are there new measures for measuring this and that will continue to inform the ecosystem and the employer's decisions within it? Yeah, I don't know if you recall, but my advanced degrees in social ecology. So I love that we're thinking about this from a quote, ecological perspective. You know, there was a time we used to talk about in terms of systems theory, system isn't the same, but I think you're right that ecosystem helps people know there's the vendors, there's the healthcare providers, there's the payers, there are all these pieces and they're all interrelated. And you can't just fix one or play with one. It all is interacting. And I think for a long time, one of the comments around our wellness industry was that it was isolated and it didn't fit well within the ecosystem. And so it's nice to hear that people are really trying to understand this ecosystem And that it can be very broad, to your point. It could be the whole community and the social essentials that people need. And it could be payment systems for lifestyle medicine and some of these other things. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I know we talk a lot about culture is culture and culture of health and culture of well-being and all that. Is that still top of mind for people? What are you guys doing in that space? It is for Hero. I mean, it's one of the core best practices that companies can assess their best practices from the Hero Scorecard, organizational and leadership support. And that sort of forms the whole foundation for a high-performing workforce or not. People who may not know much about Hero, Karen's referring to Hero Scorecard, which is a free scorecard that employers can use to assess and benchmark their own 
health and well-being programs and cultures. We've had it now 10 years longer. 2006 was the first version. Okay. And literally thousands of employers. More than 3,000 organizations have taken the Hero Scorecard. Right. And it is free. So go to hero.org, get another good reason to do that. So I pause there because I do want people to know about it, but also because your point is that you're making around culture and some of those metrics. So continue on. And let me stay, you know, legal. I'm going to state the full name of the scorecard. It's the Hero Health and Wellbeing Best Practices Scorecard in collaboration with Mercer. You can go to hero-health.org, find a whole slew of free resources, including taking the scorecard online. And so, you know, we've been able to do studies from the scorecard database that show that organizational leadership support is the most statistically significant indicator of medical and health cost impact of health and well-being programs. So organizational and leadership support are statistically the most powerful factor of all the things we measure associated with Better healthcare claims and outcomes. Yes. And participation and employee perception. And we've written papers. We have papers on that. Do we not? We do. Free. Hero-health.org. Some of which have been in peer-reviewed journals. Absolutely. We are well-published in the American Journal of Health Promotion, Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, to the instantly come out population health management journal. So the culture conversation has really evolved. Even during my time with Hero, it started out talking about performance productivity and then evolved to culture of health. And we have a full lit review on culture of health and the elements of culture of health and case studies. And then that evolved into employee experience. And so we've got some research and practical reports on employee experience. And now the latest version and iteration is the People and Culture Committee. And they're aiming to produce some video case studies of ways that employers are innovating now around people and culture strategy. You know, there are people and culture officers. That's a title in organizations. So that's a big area of research. Got it. So let me pivot for a half second here. You even heard the name of this podcast, but you also know that I've been focusing my entire career. I've been about health literacy and patient education, but very interested now in taking this piece of the puzzle and the strong research behind improving people's health literacy. And even that the CDC has redefined health literacy in terms of organizational health literacy and personal health literacy. I think organizational health literacy is what people had always thought about right in a low lit way and make it less of a burden and fewer numbers. But the people side is the idea that people have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to navigate the health system and their own health. And so that fits really well with kind of my kind of overall agenda about helping people with their behaviors and their lifestyles. And we talk about something called Health Literacy 2.0. So we've done some word clouds in the past. And when we mention health literacy, it's like boring, patient ed, reading, you know, kind of brochures. So Health Literacy 2.0 is taking behavioral science and gamification, combining it with data and personalizing recommendations And ultimately using multimedia like YouTube and videos and infographics 
and deep curriculum for people who want it, and all in a way of interesting, entertaining learning. Factor Myth, Hell Champion, Drag and Drop. I was telling somebody earlier today, it's like all those old Highlights magazines, if anybody remember. It was fun. Kids liked learning in the Highlights magazine. I loved Highlights. We all did. And we all liked to find the hidden teapot or whatever it was in the picture. So why can't we do that and apply it to this version? So Edlogix is just one platform that I think does this well. There are probably others out there. But as I talk to employers and consultants and others, they say, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. This is a great idea. Got to have it. So important. And yet I don't see it on the agenda. Some of them are struggling with where it fits in that vendor ecosystem because it's not necessarily just diabetes or just this or just that. So I'm curious to get your take on one, is this just Seth being out there like he always is on some wacky idea? Or if it is quasi-valid, what's happening? Why isn't it on people's minds? Well, Seth, I've known you long enough to know that when you do have an idea that seems wacky, it ends up being one that people should have paid attention to a little sooner than they did. So if they're not paying attention, hopefully they are now because you really do see ahead to some trends that others might not quite get yet. I don't know why it's not happening to the extent that it should be. I wonder if it's being perceived in connection to DEI strategies. And, you know, we just did an exercise with our board recently while we were looking at our research and learning agenda and we flipped the script and said, what is the worst idea? What is the absolute worst idea you can think of that we should have on our learning agenda? And that actually brought out some great and creative conversation. But one of the things that has been rolling in my head was, you know, some suggestion that maybe current DEI efforts are not hitting the mark and maybe we need to rethink them. And so I wonder how much health literacy is tied to access and equity and inclusion. I wonder, you're the expert on this, I'm not. You know, I think that the topic of trust, which is on our learning agenda for next year, I think that that is something to really dig in with relative to Heroes ecosystem and the employers, because, you know, there was a survey or a report out last year that showed that when it comes to trust, employees rank the employers as their top source for obtaining accurate information. And so then employers should take that, well, if I'm going to do well by doing good, then I need to make it possible for every employee to have personalized, to have the information they need in the way that they can best consume it and the ability to act on it. And that culture comes back, that organizational support of providing that platform that access, the healthy environment, you know, the work-life integration, balance, fit, but all of those things play into, I think, a supportive environment for health literacy, but the personalized piece of it is important. And now I'll challenge you. Another thing that I'm hearing circling is AI and machine learning. And is it good? Is it bad? Is it being used for bad, it obviously can be used for bad, garbage in, garbage out, right? So we have to be really careful about what we're basing it on and how we're using it. But I think there are some good uses in health and well-being. I think there's some good uses for it, and I'm sure it's in your world as well. So really, really great theme. So on the health equity side, so when I think about health equity, I think that health equity is a function of access. So we know there's disparate access. So we want everyone to have equal access. 
I think health literacy, this access to the information, the ability to act on it, then SDOH, and then something we call PDOH, personal health determinants, which are involved with purpose, people connection, and a positive attitude. So you have kind of some determinants on one side and some system things on the other side. But all of this health literacy, in my view, could go very well in a DEI or ESG strategy. So thank you for that comment. I'm so glad you're going to dig deeper into this. And it is a very, I think, a humbling place employers are in to be so trusted. Obviously, physicians, providers are in a very trusted position, but employers are. And so what is there in a sense, their responsibility and obligation in this very trusted role? to help people. And my view, again, is that employers, and very well-intended in many cases, quote, give a man a fish, don't teach a man to fish. And my view is 2.0 is to teach a man, give people and a woman and everyone the ability to have those skills and to be informed decision makers, which is what we've talked about for years and years. AI concerns me a little bit but I also keep hearing very creative uses of it. Oh, yeah. So I'm working with a mental health company as well, and they have these kind of pre-recorded therapy sessions. And we were thinking, well, what if we also were to, in a sense, feed that into AI and create almost a movie trailer of the highlights? Just like for this, we could feed the transcript of this podcast into AI and say, please give us the three most interesting things that Seth and Karen talked about. Now, it's going to come up blank, but in many cases, it's supposed to be super smart. So it'll come up with a couple of things. But there are applications that I think can really help people distill. And even with medical information, you know, here's the boring 1.0 information I just got from my doctor. Please tell me what it means in easy language. Right. We know there are all kinds of dangers and other things that are going on out there, but you have known me a while. I'm pretty much of an optimist, so I'm thinking we can use this for good and not evil. Let's do that. Let's magnify that message, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So we've covered a lot of ground and we could keep talking. We can do part two for sure. But what are a couple things that we forgot? What are a couple hot topics or themes that you want to make sure that people realize you are also thinking about or heroes also thinking about? Yeah, just a few. I'll hit the highlights real. So we're working on magnifying the employee voice. We're working with NIOSH to develop a clearinghouse for their worker well-being questionnaire. And so that's an individual employee survey that will nicely allow an organization to see their hero scorecard results and their well-being cue results and see how those fit together, whether the conditions of work as they're perceived are actually, you know, what they think they're delivering. So that's a good thing. We're also looking at exploring a brain health score with the HERO scorecard. We already have best practice scores for mental health, SDOH, and DE&I. And now we're looking at a brain health score and helping to publicize the importance of brain capital, of an employer's brain capital through their human workforce and demonstrating that the health and well-being best practices that are already on the scorecard are actually the same practices that help to prevent Alzheimer's and dementia later in life. And so it's just, you know, helping to support that and it seems to be resonating. Some of our learning things next year, in addition to trust, are probably going to be around organizational change, the changes external, but also within a workforce, belongingness. 
we're really interested in Dr. Sarah Johnson, who's our senior research fellow, has been talking about some research that we're waiting for the results of that explore the constructs of loneliness and belongingness and whether they're related, are they the same, looking at trust and belonging in rapidly changing work environments and the value proposition. I think that there is a new value proposition coming. And, you know, Seth, we look back 15 years and it was ROI and then it became VOI and then VOW, the value of the worker. And so with the health literacy and DEI and SDOH there and these conversations, like I mentioned with the national academies, there does seem to be a rethinking of different business outcomes, but maybe reevaluating how they're prioritized. Like maybe the elements are being reprioritized in the value proposition. I don't know. We'll see. But those are a few of the learning topics that are on our radar for next year. So I love it. Thank you for this. And for those of you who are out there that are hearing all this stuff and it's going so fast, just know that Hero is an employer-driven organization of peers. It's a trusted place where all of you can talk to each other about your experiences. It's all about evidence-based practices and these cutting-edge topics that many of you are dealing with and would love to talk to others about. It's member-oriented, so please check it out. Love to have you as a member. I say we because I am on the advisory board and feel like I'm always still part of this organization. And you can see from what Karen's outlined and Dr. Sarah Johnson is amazing as a leader for a research agenda. It's been a strong theme. So many of you have to make a case to leaders who want to see data and all the rest. So again, I encourage you to think about hero.org, think about some of these other conversations. And Karen, thank you. So much fun. I feel so lucky to have gotten to take this time with you and hope Thanks, everyone's holding as much out of it as I have. Absolutely. Always stay curious. Stay curious, exactly. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Health Literacy 2.0 podcast, the podcast series from EdLogix, where we talk with business, HR, health, and community leaders and explore unique, data-driven, and effective behavior-changing solutions that can help improve people's health literacy and increase their engagement with health and wellness programs. Remember, for show notes and bonus resources, visit www.edlogics.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe and share the show with your colleagues. Thanks and see you soon.